Greetings, lovely listeners. You are listening to Saga, a podcast where a dude and a chick discuss art and animation. So this is Saga Podcast, and we are here today talking about two different shorts, one named The Stained Club and one named Cat Soup, both of which can be found on YouTube. Spoiler alert, this audio may contain spoilers, so please proceed with caution or an open mind. I don't care. Thank you for tuning back to Saga. This week, we're going to be talking about a couple of shorts. The first being Cat Soup, and the second being The Stain Club. So let's talk about Cat Soup first. Um, Cat Soup is this, uh, is this like 30-minute OVA um, that came out in 2001, and it's pretty surreal. It, it's, it's kind of hard to put into words really what happens, uh, but basically um, a little cat like drowns like when they're playing with, with their truck. And I guess this story is about like uh, the adventures of this kitten um, like going through death or, or like they're in some sort of limbo state where they're between life and death and they're trying to like figure out like how to return to the world of the living or do they just like give up and die um it's pretty great it's pretty it's funny um it looks great and yeah okay um so this movie short movie it's about 33 minutes long including credits and intro um it was produced in 2001 by masaki yuasa um no, that's that's just who um, who worked on it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Wait, sorry. No, yeah. Who drew it? Okay, sorry, sorry. Was produced by Shiomi Hashiyukichi, um, who only lived to be about thirty-three years old because she died um, by suicide. I think shortly after doing this production. Which gives this, like, kind of a weight, I think, to it. Like, if you didn't know that she committed suicide, this probably wouldn't have as much weight to it. Well, she actually didn't even see this work. Like, uh, she was actually just the creator of the original um, manga. And uh, uh, Tatsuo Sato is the one that directed this. And, um, yeah... I guess it's pretty much a love letter to her her works. Um, most of her works were like were like based around cats, and one of like the final um, like uh, stories that she did were about these two cats. You know, the ones that are featured in in most of this uh, short film. Um, yes. Yeah, so, with that in mind, uh, this does have like a bittersweet feel because you know the short film also deals with death and it uh 
yeah, it, it's bittersweet, but um, luck, <laughs> luckily her husband um, continues her work to this very day and um, he keeps her uh, her legacy alive basically and I think that's very sweet. Mm, that is lovely. Um, in other words, the Masaki Yuasa worked on this project but he's the um, creator of Devilman Crybaby and Ping Pong the animation. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right, right. <laughs> Yeah, so that actually makes a lot of sense, though, because this is a very interesting style of animation. I thought that the the details and, like, the perspective was always just a little off, and his style is kind of in that way. Right, yeah, this sort of felt like uh, like I was looking through a fish-eyed lens or, or something. Like, it felt, like, warped in some in some way. Right, it definitely did. It was um, very dreamlike, I think, from the very beginning. Um, I actually ended up posting this, and I follow this page on Facebook called Macabre Art, and this is right up the alley of macabre because it deals with the death and dying, but it's a, a kind of messed up kind of method of dealing with it. There was um, a comment that I read on the video on YouTube um, I'll see if I can't bring it up here. It's by this guy named Tylenol. Uh, the guy says the younger brother drowned in the tub at the beginning. His parents didn't respond to him because he's a ghost. His sister almost dies from her illness, but the boy's ghost saves her and leads her spirit on a trip through the afterlife and helps her find life again. Um, I thought it was so sad that the sister, she was like all dead. <laughs> like she was like a zombie. Yeah, like she was catatonic, yeah, the whole time. Yeah, like she had had a stroke or something along the lines. And it's never really explained what her exact illness is, but there could be a plethora of things in Japan and China um, where people get sick of like typhoid fever and they can just not be the same person anymore or something along those lines. Who knows? Could be anything. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned uh, that that this felt dreamlike, because I was watching something a few weeks ago, and pretty much the premise of this video was basically um, falling asleep is you practicing to die, right? So um, you're yeah, like you you visit death every night basically, and I guess that helps you come come to term with your inevitable end. More, wow. I'm not going to be able to fall asleep tonight. <laughs> That's going to make me have some nightmares. Um, thanks for that. <laughs> no problem. Um, okay, well, that's fair. But, okay, so aside from that, um, I, I loved how much different types of like death scenarios kind of came into play or like death dream like scenarios I guess you know like it is dreamlike in that sense because it, it it shifts from one scene to another so quickly without really any explanation and that in itself is very dreamlike so a lot of the lore involved yeah and 
yeah um yeah like most of the scenarios in this involved some sort of like uh like death or de destruction sort of uh scenario like the pig was like unzipped and the cats were like taking their meat and this water elephant evaporated and they were the cats were about to be cooked and things like that so yeah yeah i thought that the pig i think it wasn't until the pig got like unzipped i was like oh like my jaw dropped because i was like oh my gosh and i knew exactly what was going to happen too because he's going to eat a part of himself he can't resist it he's so tasty mm -hmm. <laughs> that that was a little bit messed up i'm going to be honest with you like it wasn't really like the wizard in the circus that sawed this woman in half at that point i was like okay maybe this will get a little bit lighter after that but it just kept getting darker and darker and spiraling even more into this um deeper state of like psychosis almost um i mean in the very beginning we see the young boy he's like playing with a toy in a pool and he kind of falls in but it doesn't really show him pulling himself back out until later into the the short film which does make you assume that he may have drowned and his parents were just not paying attention it happens quite frequently with young children in water um but then we see the older sister she's sleeping and it becomes like day night day night passes shiva comes to get her from her slumber and takes her away um who shiva is the god of death in the hindu uh religion otherwise known as the destroyer so that's kind of a neat um neat thing that they involved in there there's um a lot of dali surrealism in this which i thought was really really cool um and it this was created long after Dali was like a major influence in art, but he still remains a huge influence today. Um, I did like the idea of like the magic wizard kind of being like a god, and it was just interesting. He was able to destroy this woman and then bring her back to life. And I thought for a second that the young boy was going to ask the wizard to like help his sister out but it didn't even go down that route it was um all over the place for this uh, um there was a lot of sadism involved in this um especially when the sadist in the like big house in the desert comes out in like full leather spiky garb i was like oh my gosh this guy's about to like get some sort of sexual gratification from this um there was like a, a life of pie aspect to it in the boat on the ocean um <laughs> yeah all different types of like art influence from other artists and writers that were involved in this creation and it tied it all beautifully together it was very sad to watch i think i, I kind of came away with it with like a little bit of a heavy feel but it's it's a great watch yeah and and this uh th this project sort of feels um underrated like like this is pretty like pretty incredible work but 
you really don't hear many people like t like talking about it and i definitely think that it that more people should be talking about it it's uh yeah like you said it's creepy and macabre and it's funny and, and it's colorful um and it's sort of introspective and gets you to like think about life and death and things like that but um i sort of have a question about the ending like how the family just disappeared what do you have any thoughts on that maybe it has something to do with the inevitable blip you know like there's always going to be a point where we switch off in in when we die and maybe that's kind of like that's it that's the finale you know there's either on or there's off and if you're off when you die that's it yeah because if i remember correctly um the order they blipped in it was like the dad the mom and the sister so usually like in most cases like the father dies first and the mom and your older sibling and then you so maybe like that's what they were going for like they all inevitably inevitably met their end but with time perhaps hmm yeah like the sequential life as it exists hmm yeah, I thought it was a pretty good ending. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just heavy. Like, <laughs> if you're ready to watch something um, kind of dark and heavy, this is definitely something for you. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the Stain Club because that's a little bit lighter in a sense. Is it though? Is it though? <laughs> it's a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. It's cute. I mean, this is, the cat soup is cute too, but this one's really cute. Did we watch the same thing? I don't know. <laughs> we did. Um, okay, so I'll premise this. It is also dark, <laughs> the Stain Club, but I think the creators intended it to shed light on something that was probably like a major issue, and that's why I don't feel as bad about it, watching this or as heavy about watching this than um i did about um cat soup but okay so anyway the stain club it's about a young boy who has stains on his face and they're like sparkly shiny kind of like stars or scales or something like that and he meets um three friends two boys and one girl and they all have different color stains on them compared to him where some of them are like bandaged and they like try to hide it and the boy is trying to figure out why his stains look different than their stains and that's where we kind of get into this darker twist um where it's really more about the physical pain which his friends face versus his pain which is emotional uh abuse mental abuse but it looks like it has stop it looks like a stop motion kind of film but it's really um a 3d computer generated film and i like that it looked like claymation and not 3d a little bit had that texture to it and they don't really see him as the same either they kind of treat him differently because they're like, oh, your stains aren't nothing, you know, you know, 
it, that's kind of says a lot too, like about emotional abuse and how people don't think that it's as important as abuse. Yeah, um, when I saw the thumbnail for this, I thought you know it was just gonna be like a like a cute little short, but you know it, it was pretty um, powerful in its message of uh, like you said. Um, you know, like physical versus like mental abuse, and and uh, the boy that we follow, um, he recognizes that you know his his um, stains are different from his peers, but like he still relates to to them. But I feel that his peers don't understand why, because you know his stains aren't visible. Uh, yeah. Uh, right, because like you know, for for example, like the whole um, common saying, you know, "sticks and stones," you know, that kind of thing. But um, especially for for like children, you know, they they really need that 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 support from their family. Um, uh, did y you know that like babies, um, if they're not like like if if they don't get human contact, they'll like die. Yeah, so. <laughs> right um and i guess you know you know these are still pretty young kids and even though they m may not die you know that'll definitely like you know like kids have have this um way of uh of blaming themselves for for like certain things and, <laughs> and i'm sure most of these kids um they think that they're to blame for their beatings or their neglect and um you know that's just not the case yeah because they're just neglected they're like well why am i here goodbye hmm. so this was created by a group of graduates um as a project um by a team of six individuals in france because this film is in french it's um mostly women there's only one man that is involved in this which i think is really interesting um it won a lot of awards including the animago best young production run it won uh rookie film of the year and jury's choice award from syngraph computer animation festival and a bunch bunch more which is really cool i'm glad to see that it has a bunch of awards um I was gonna say something else, but now I don't remember what it was. Well, um, well, uh, so basically, what happens to these kids in the short and as well as like I guess some real life uh, cases is that like they like these kids in in a lot of ways didn't really get to be kids. Like they're forced to grow up, and and I think that's like one of the greatest tragedies. It, is is not being able to you know uh be a kid because you know they're either burdened with um with like a troubled home home life or they're like forced to to like take care of a sick parent or something like that and um yeah it really stirred something in me when i saw this hmm. Hmm. well i said that we were going to end on a light note but it doesn't sound like we did um definitely worth the watch i think that 
these are both beautiful pieces. The Stain Club is only seven minutes um, from start to be start to end. So yeah, definitely watch it if you can wa have time. Um, just take like forty minutes to watch both of these. <laughs> sure, go ahead. If if you want to like um, think like think about stuff like the these uh, two shorts, especially I think the second one really requires like uh, mental investment. Like you can't just like 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 half watch like half watch them. Like you have to, to really like watch it and 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 absorb its content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, otherwise you won't get the message. Yep, definitely. Um, so, with that being said, next week we have a lighter podcast for you. Um, this is a really cute film uh, that's about to premiere next week. It is called Abominable. So you, you'll hear from us then. See you. And please share us with your friends and family as we would love to continue this podcast about your favorite animations. All of the information here is researched by Sarah and Garrison, and this podcast is produced and edited by Sarah Zadri. Special thanks to Joshua Phillips for the theme music. All while doing our research, we come across some amazing little videos and shots about the process of animation and we will be happy to share this information with you on our site, www.podsaga.com. And if you have any questions about the animations we will be covering, please don't hesitate to ask. Thank you and have a good day.